everyone. How are you? Hey, Suzanne, how are you? Good. How are you, Michelle? Well, I wish I could share with you exactly how I'm doing right now. (laughs) And I thought of a way that would sum it up, but I already had a bottle of champagne open in the refrigerator. So I just poured that and I poured a full glass of it. My hope had been I would just open a new bottle and you would hear that cork come out and then the guzzle of it going in the glass. But yeah, that didn't even work out for me today. Wow. It's that kind of a day, huh? It has been that kind of a day. Stress from the moment I woke up. I swear. (laughs) Hal gone. Take me away. No kidding. I'm not going to lie. I have had to suppress my impatience today because there are so many things, little things that are just kind of setting me off. And we're recording later in the day than we're used to. And this is why, because we've both had a full day of frustrations. Frustrations disappointments, things that haven't gone right, things being added to my plate. It's like, oh my gosh, enough already. Yeah. Okay. Well, I need a list. What's going on? You know, just trying to get everything done uh, before the wedding because we're in those final stages of planning. It's less than three weeks away. I know. And I know it's so exciting, but I was talking to Eva and her and the wedding planner went to talk to the venue And he remembered like nothing we had talked about when I flew down there. So he was questioning the time that the wedding reception is supposed to start. He was saying six o'clock when we're like, no, it's five o'clock and all these other little things. So that's going on. Rob's throwing little tasks onto my plate. He's changing our plan for the day. Yeah, just trying to get everything done. So I could go on and on, but really I'm trying to up swing my day (laughs) and bitching about it isn't doing that. I know, but some days that's what you need to do is just bitch about it. And I'll I'll tell you, I went to, (laughs) this is just one of the many little things that, you know, really I thought, okay, Suzanne, let this just roll off of you. This is no big deal. You just had a road rage encounter. Really, you can just let this slide off and forget about it. But I was leaving Chick-fil-A. I have my routine for lunch on days when I have time. I run through Chick-fil-A. I get my A-piece grilled nugget and my frozen coffee or whatever they call it. You know, and it just makes me happy. And I'm I'm pulling out of Chick-fil-A. And I realized I was getting ready to turn left. And this is in the parking lot. And this guy just comes flying down the parking lot, you know, just, and so I hit my brakes. And so then I was kind of blocking. Well, of course he wanted to turn left into the Chick-fil-A. So I was a little bit blocking, but I, it's because I had to stop at the last second because he was coming so fast. He was going to hit me if I pulled out. So he turns on not a car horn, but he has like a fog horn on his vehicle and he blows this foghorn at me. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So I'm backing up, getting out of his way so he can turn left. And he is just, now he's just hitting this foghorn, foghorn. And, you know, so when he's turning left and realize I'm ready to turn left too. So he turns in. And so he's side by side, window to window to me. He rolls down his window and he goes, what, you think you own the road, lady? Make some room. And I said, 
and pardon my language, I said, give me a fucking break, you idiot. I was so mad because it's like, okay, I should have just cut out in front of you and you could have hit me. And then it would be up to insurance to deal with his bad attitude. Yeah. And it's like, who do you think you are? And he was, he was moving. I mean, he was in such a hurry to get, oh, and I just kept thinking he's having a bad day. He, I'm not going to let him ruin my day. But it's like four hours later and I'm still thinking about it because he was such a jackass. And again, pardon my language, but I can't help myself. He was just an idiot. Yeah, you don't suffer road rage very easily. That guy needed a Xanax and now you need one because he has like (laughs) infiltrated your mind and gotten in there and it's just stealing your joy. But I, he is stealing my joy, but I had to say, I had to tell the story out loud and this is how I operate. I tell the story out loud and then I can let go of it. I can release it into the universe and I don't have to think about it anymore. And I think what happens is if you can't tell someone your road rage story or whatever story it is, like the stupid wedding planner, you know, it builds up inside of you. You have to release it into the universe and let go of it. And so I just did that. I already feel better. Well, I'm just going to ask, am I the very first person that you've shared your road rage story with? Yes. Really? Yes. Wow. I know because I was going to be the bigger person and let it roll off. I was like, I I talked myself down off the cliff. I was ready to jump off of and said, this is no big deal. This guy was just having a bad day. You know, he's the idiot, not me. And, you know, I talked myself down and I got back to my store and I had a customer in the store. So I got distracted and then I started thinking about it again. And then I was going to tell someone that I had to get home because, you know, baby Logan needed me and, And of course, and baby Logan meets me at the door with smiles and he has his hands in the air and then I kind of forget about it again. And then, you know, and then it kind of creeps back into your mind. And yeah. So anyway, thanks for letting me vent that little part of my day. Well, I'm happy you did vent it because while you were releasing to the universe, you made me laugh. (laughs) You, You did make me laugh. I felt for you. But in that moment, I got to laugh. So it kind of helped me release my stuff into the universe also. Well, I'm glad that my road rage story is giving you, sparking a little joy in you. I don't know that I call it joy, but it's like partner in this bad day together sort of thing. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you one more thing. You know, I'm just kind of on a a rampage here today because... Welcome to my world, podcast people. (laughs) Because, okay, so my store has a store phone. And of course, over the weekend, my landline in my store, for whatever reason, quits working, just isn't accepting calls. But we don't really realize it because we have customers coming and going. And so the store phone isn't ringing. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's a gorgeous day. Nobody needs to call and check. But the day before Mother's Day, it's a little odd. And the other weird thing is is I have a security camera in my store that hasn't worked in like three months. Don't put that out there for possible thieves. Okay, well, like three days ago, it just randomly started working again. And I thought, okay, I have done nothing to attempt to fix it. I had tried to fix it several times. Three months ago, I tried to fix this camera, gave up. I said, screw it. The camera's just not going to work. Now, three days ago, this camera just randomly starts working. And I start getting email messages of 
they're detecting motion in my store. So it's like, well, that's weird. Well, at the same time, my landline quit. And the problem with that is that if my store is closed and someone tries to call the store, the calls are call forwarded to my cell phone. So I can get calls, random calls, you know, after hours, anytime. And all weekend, I was getting these random calls and I kept thinking, why are they not calling the store? Why is this going to my cell phone? So then I called my store and I got a recording that says your your call cannot be completed as dialed. <laughs> and of course, I'm like, okay, so now my camera works, but my phone doesn't work. So I had to wait until Monday morning to try to get it fixed. And I spent an hour trying to get my phone fixed and nobody can figure out why it doesn't work. I hate technology. I do too. It's stupid. <laughs> it's like, why do we have to deal with it? So I feel like I have already outraced you in the frustrating part of the day. So you better step in with something else that has made your day. Well, I would, but I kind of wanted to do an uptick on our attitudes. So (laughs) maybe we shouldn't dwell on the rest of today and move on Mm -hmm. to our topic today, which is nothing. This is a Jerry Seinfeld episode because I was so stressed out earlier. I couldn't think of a topic. And I said, let's just see if we can carry a whole episode without having a topic. Okay. Well, and I think we're off to a really good start. We're off to a really good start. And I was thinking, well, first I was thinking that we'll put the disclaimer in. If it's not as long as normal, it's because we didn't have a topic. (laughs) But then I started to think about it like it would make our friendship really sad if we couldn't talk for a whole hour without having a topic to go to. Yeah. So this is going to be a journey for all of us in the fact that this is a random conversation just between two friends and everybody else. Yeah. And here we go. And I just want you to know that I have a friend from years ago, and she and I shared the love of Seinfeld. And every time something happened in our world that was really about nothing, but it seemed significant to us, we would always say to each other, well, this is a perfect Seinfeld episode. And one of my favorite Seinfeld episodes is the episode where Jerry Seinfeld refuses to greet his neighbors with a kiss or a hug. And then he becomes an outcast in his building (laughs) because he welcome to Suzanne's life every single day. Right. I loved that episode. I loved that episode because it's like, finally, there's an episode about not wanting to kiss and hug people. (laughs) And, And that's how my friend and I, I think, started this where something would happen in our day. And we'd say, this is the perfect Seinfeld episode. It's about nothing. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. My my parents and I were talking about Seinfeld last night and one of the episodes got brought up. But I honestly, in this moment, cannot remember what it is. But hopefully by the time this concludes in either 20 minutes or 40 minutes, I'll have an answer to that. And I will ask you to think about this. And by the end of the our episode, I want you to think about what your favorite Seinfeld episode is. Best Seinfeld episode. Thanks a lot. (laughs) That challenge sucks. So maybe your family wasn't as huge fans of Seinfeld as my family was, but 
all of us in my family love Seinfeld. We watched it every single night. We've watched every rerun. The show is like a comfort movie for us. You know, it's our go-to show when there's nothing else to watch. So we know every episode. We all have our favorite episodes. And maybe you're you're not as a big a fan. And so maybe you can't pull out of the <laughs> out of the sky what your favorite episode is off the top of your head. But I can tell you what mine is. Uh, not off the top of my head, but I was a huge Seinfeld fan and I would watch it at its regularly scheduled time slot. But then every day after the news, it would come on. So I would watch it every night. But that was like 20 years ago. It was 20 years ago. and But we still watch. You can still find it. I know. Thank God I have Google on my phone to spark my memory. Jeez. <laughs> That's too funny. That's also cheating. I'll tell you what my favorite episode is. And we won't make this whole episode. Wait till the end of the episode. Okay. Wait till the, because you gave me that amount of time and hopefully I can think of something. Okay. That works for me. Okay. But you did spark something um, in my mind when you were talking about Seinfeld being off the air for 20 years. And it goes back to our movie episode. So while I was researching uh, the different movies, I came across The Empire Strikes Back, which again, I'm a Star Wars fan. I like the movie. I was seven maybe when it came out. But you know what I found out doing the research for that movie? That it is one of the most misquoted quotes out there. Really? Because everyone says, Luke, I am your father. That's what the line is. But the line actually is, no. I am your father. (laughs) So we've all been misquoting Empire Strikes Back, according to whatever website I found that on. And I found that very interesting. And I meant to share it last week and I didn't. And so this, since this is an episode about nothing, I thought I would share it here. Well, that's a good thing to share. Useless trivia. Yeah. And I am not a fan of the Star Wars. So... You know, that's like, that's never a misquoted um, quote by me because... But you've heard that quote before. Oh, yeah. Everyone's heard that quote, I'm sure. Yes. Has your husband ever said that to like one of your kids? No. <laughs> he hasn't. Okay, that just must be Rob and I that say that quote to our kids. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sure we're, we're probably in the minority on that one. But um, yeah, well, well, that's a good little piece of trivia to know. So another thing I was thinking about, we're recording this episode a little bit later in the day. And Rob and I are routine eaters. We like to eat kind of early. I would say the 530 hour. And so when I told him we were recording this, he suggested that he would make dinner. Oh, nice. But here, here's the thing. Is it making dinner when you're just warming up warm-ups? I, yes, I give him credit for making dinner. I definitely consider warming up warm-ups making dinner because I consider saying, I'll go pick up the takeout we just ordered making dinner. I think the person who says we're making dinner is the person in charge of dinner, whether it's making it or picking it up or actually cooking it. So, so yes, I give him credit for making dinner, even if it's warming up warm-ups. Okay, but you know, that is a little stretch talking to you about this because you don't allow warm-ups in your house. <laughs> True. I was going to say that. We don't have leftovers in our house. Uh, so yeah, or I don't eat leftovers. Greg and Jamie 
they love leftovers. Jeff likes leftovers. He's gotten used to me, so he usually doesn't have leftovers, but he will eat leftovers if Greg and Jamie eat leftovers. I, on the other hand, do not. Okay, well, you know, warming up warm-ups actually is making dinner to me, but I only brought that up because it sparked another memory for me. When my kids were younger and I was going to go out for the evening and my husband would tell people, my husband at the time, because it would be their dad, that he is babysitting tonight. Do you consider watching your own kids babysitting? Good question. I know that that was a thing when our kids were little because someone pointed out to me, it's not babysitting when you're the father. I use babysitting more as a universal word. You're in charge of the kids, therefore you are babysitting. So if I'm in charge of the kids, I am babysitting. So I never took offense at it when someone said, Jeff is babysitting tonight. Okay, that's fair. It was just something I was thinking, again, completely random, making dinner when it's warm ups and oh, that's kind of like saying you're babysitting when it's your own kids. But anyhow, that (laughs) is not totally off topic because there is no topic. (laughs) no topic. So we can talk about anything we want. So I'll tell you what I spent my weekend doing. Greg and Jamie slipped away for a night and they had some business they had to take care of in Seattle. So I kept my grandson for the first time without his parents around. And I had the most fun a person could possibly have this weekend because I had full care of my grandson. And it was amazing. I know you will never admit this because there was a chance they could listen to this podcast. But did you spoil him? Did you give him a little bite of ice cream or let him watch a little bit of TV? That's exactly where I was going with this because, yeah. I jumped in. Yeah, you know me too well. You know that I took every opportunity I could. And and yeah, they might listen to this. There's an off chance they won't listen to this. And so they'll never know. But, oh yeah, I took full advantage of spoiling my grandchild. And we talked about Aunt Susie's rules, right? On our podcast before. Have we talked about If it's not familiar to you, then I can't remember if we did. Okay. So when my nieces and nephews were all little. I know in our friendship we have. Okay. So in case we haven't, I'll refresh your memory. When my nieces, especially my nieces, but I have a couple nephews that I did this to too, that if I were in charge of them, if I were taking care of them, Or even if I were with their parents and they were there, I would say to them, it's Aunt Susie's rules. And two of my nieces used to always say to their mom, ASR, ASR, Aunt Susie's rules. Because, yeah, I think it's an aunt's place or a grandparent's place to spoil those children. It's the parent's responsibility to be totally 100% responsible, make sure they make healthy eating habits, they don't watch TV. But when grandma's in charge, grandma gets to spoil them. Fair enough. I would agree. I like that. And I wish I had an Aunt Susie whose rules I could follow. (laughs) Right. But yeah, well, so I spoiled my grandson all weekend. Nice. I think that's what our jobs are. I think it is too. I think that's what our role is in life is to spoil our grandchildren. And I think if I had full responsibility of him on a regular basis, I would have to follow what his parents want me to do. But when it's a a special occasion, when they're gone and 
I get to play with him. Yeah, I think I get to spoil him a little bit. And I didn't ask her permission. No, we don't need permission to be grandparents. So I think I'm going to follow this breadcrumb trail that my mind is leading me on. (laughs) Because that's what we do in random episodes. Yes. You talking about being a grandma to Logan. Rob and I, we talked about our future grandkids. We're so excited about them. And I am hoping for all granddaughters because I've had all boy energy around me and I would love a girl. So anyhow, we were talking the other day about when they're old enough to go to Disneyland and Rob is still saying he will never go into Disneyland again, even with a grandchild. And I'm like, Rob, you need to put on your big boy pants and march through that turnstile. And I think that it's easy to say now before he has that grandchild. But the first time you take that grandbaby into Disneyland and come out and that baby has had the most incredible day of his life, then Rob might have a little bit of regret and the tune may change a little bit. I hope it changes. I mean, you're only thrown out by the Disney police once. It's not like it happens every single time you go in there. And again, I will share that story in a future episode, but we were doing nothing wrong on that day. Right. And who knows what the problem was with that Disney policeman who told you to leave? I don't know. I, I think we actually had too much joy on our hearts and we were just really enjoying the moment with millions of other people it felt like but it was probably only hundreds of thousands of other people or I don't know how many people Disneyland holds but anyway I was telling one of the kids that because they said to me when we go to Disneyland do you think we can leave the baby with you for the afternoon and you can walk along Main Street I'm like yes (laughs) and I said and when you come back they will have a Dumbo stuffed animal. They will have the ears or their hair done. If it's a girl, we'll go to the bippity boppity boo, boo, whatever. <laughs> we'll go to that castle and get them all made up like princesses if, if they want. And then they'll have the characters, the hat, and probably melted ice cream running down their face because that's what grandmas do. Yes. They spoil them. That's why we're here. Exactly. And It brings me such joy to do that, that I would do the same thing. Although I did tell Greg and Jamie with Logan and any future grandchildren I have that I will not go to Disneyland until they're at least five because I really want them to remember it because I am not a fan of Disneyland. So if I have to go to Disneyland, they better remember it. (laughs) So make it count. Make it count. Although... That being said, if they come to me and they say, hey, you want to go to Disneyland with us? And he's only three. Am I going to say no? No, I'll be on the next plane to Disneyland with my grandson. Well, Suzanne, when he's three and you go to Disneyland, I want video of you skipping down Main Street with joy in your heart and just so happy to be there. And I want you in ears. Can you put on a pair of ears? Nope, not on your life. (laughs) Not going to (laughs) happen. Nor will I be skipping down Main Street. I'll walk down Main Street. There will be joy in my heart, but I will not be skipping down Main Street. You will be the grumpiest grandma there. (laughs) I don't think I will be grumpy, but I won't be skipping. 
Yeah. Well, Disneyland for me holds a special place in my heart and I'm happy we got to talk about it today. But again, that's where my mind took me and Mm -hmm. now it's taking me somewhere else, but I'm not (laughs) sure where it is. That's so funny. (laughs) Well, I suggested that maybe because we just passed Mother's Day, maybe we should talk about our mothers. I it's a pretty good segue since you said I was a I would be a grumpy grandmother at Disneyland. And so you have anything to say about being a mom or anything to say about your mom or your grandmother? Well, you're putting me on the spot. I knew it was possible that this might come up. So as a mom, I just really feel so privileged to have been a mom to two and a stepmom to two others. They make me so happy. And gosh, I could go deep here, but I will just say that I thought we had some difficult moments when they were younger, just frustrating. But yeah, they come a little more rapid speed and a little more expensive now, those moments. (laughs) That's funny. I think it makes perfect sense to any mom who has adult children. But yeah, that's a good thing to say about being a mom. Yeah, no, they're always there and they're supportive and we have so much fun together. And I'm so looking forward to the wedding where everybody's together and we can just celebrate my 50th birthday and the wedding and uh, get those pictures taken with my beautiful shoes, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I have to throw that in. Yeah, those short shoes are so gorgeous. (laughs) Yeah, just just being all together. I'm looking forward to that. I'll have my parents there, my mother-in-law there. And unfortunately, all of our grandparents have passed away, but I did have a very good Mother's Day yesterday. Oh, good. Rob sent me this little card, which was so appreciated because he never remembers to send a card. But this time he did, even though it was virtual, he sent one. Oh, that is nice. Yeah. And I got to get up and go um, for a walk with my mom and spend time with her. And I just have learned so much from my mom. And I always mm-hmm. knew that she was a person that would have my back in any situation. And I feel so fortunate that I could spend time with her on that day. Oh, that's, that is, that's really nice. Now, did you have a special meal? Did you go to brunch? Did you go out to dinner? Did you do anything like that? We did go out to dinner. We went to a new Italian place in town. So that was a lot of fun. And then they brought me some chocolate covered strawberries, which I love. I'm not going to lie. I love chocolate covered strawberries. Oh, yum. I mean, I feel like I should be saying so much more about how wonderful my mom is and how wonderful my kids are. It's a universal experience. We all share the same feelings when it comes to being a parent. And when you have when you're the parent of adult children or on the cusp of being adults, I think we appreciate what it's like to be a mom. But yeah, I think when we go on and on about it, I think it kind of becomes, yeah, 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 we all know that. (laughs) Okay, I know I'm cynical. I would agree. But if you want me to share like boy stories with you, that might be a whole nother episode because I love those boys and two of them hold everything very close to the vest and one of them just puts it into the universe. And I'm like, you do realize that I gave birth to you, right? Like (laughs) this is probably something you should hold on to. And then one of them occasionally will drop those little bombs where I'm like, what? Huh? Right. Is your name Colton? Because I usually hear those stories from him. (laughs) Well, I was going to say you, 
I didn't think you'd identify which kids were which. They know who they are. But I was going to say, if I tell you which one is an open book, and that's my daughter. Well, I only have one daughter, so everyone knows who I'm talking about. But she's an open book. I mean, she just, you know, she puts it all out there. My middle son, Greg, is a little bit of both. You know, he's he's willing to share. My youngest doesn't give me an inch. <laughs> he gives me nothing. Um, he keeps everything very close to the vest. And I have, it's like pulling teeth to get information out of him, which is okay. It's just their personalities. Well, it's okay unless you're trying to find out like the nitty gritty or... I'll never, I'll never get nitty gritty from my youngest son. Never. You know, it was so frustrating with my boys. And I realized I probably did this to my own parents is when they were trying to communicate with me, let, let's say I'm the mom in this role because we'll just do that one, not what I did to my own mom. But so when my boys were getting ready to go out for the night, I would be like, are you going out tonight? Yes. <laughs> well, where are you going? To a friend's. What friend's? Martin's. <laughs> well, what time will you be home? I don't know. Yeah. What time do I have to be home? No, but it would be like that. And it would frustrate me so much. And after going through that with three boys, I finally said to Jimmy or Jimmy just learned that when I said, do you have plans tonight? He would answer me. Yes, I have plans tonight. I plan to be home at 1030. I'm going over to Eva's house and then we're going to the yogurt shop. And if I'm going to be late, I'll call. He learned the lesson. He, he watched all the other boys and then learned that lesson. I appreciated it. Well, did he learn that lesson or is that just his personality? Well, a little bit of both because he does tend to want to make sure we're all on the same page, which I appreciate that also. But but he did watch the other brothers and how frustrated I would get with their their single word answers. But I did it to my parents. Well, and I'm trying to remember, do I even remember being that age? No. Do I even? I do remember some. I don't remember ever doing that to my parents but I probably did. And you know, when I would ask the boys a question just to find out what they're doing that night, Rob would be like, get off their backs. Let them go be boys. And I'm thinking, I'm the one waiting up at night for them. I'm the one making sure they get home safely. Well, I know. And you're right. And I did wait up for all of my kids when even through college, when they were home from college, I, but that's just who I am because I can't sleep until they come home. And that's just who I am, unless I think they're spending the night. And I'm going to go back and it's true. Confession. They probably fake that. I'm just going to say. I know. I, I'm going to go back to my teenage years and I'm going, it's true confessions time because I know that I did not give my parents one word answers. I think I lied through my teeth to my parents about what I was doing. I think I would make something up and I would say, uh, yeah, I'm going over to Heather's or Carol's and yeah, I'm spending the night and we don't really have any big plans. We'll probably just watch a movie and eat popcorn. And that's what I did. You were a rebel. I, I didn't consider it rebelling. I, I considered it, you know, path of least resistance is what I considered it. If I just tell them what they wanted to hear, we were all good. And it was before cell phones. It's not like they could check up on me. It's not like they could call me or have follow your friends or anything like that. It's like they just had to trust me. That is so true. And that opens like a whole nother 
Pandora's box there because I've been working on the letter to my younger self and not to give away any of the juicy details, but something in that letter has to do with enjoy life before cell phones and that ever ready camera because it's going to bite you in the butt. (laughs) Yeah. And there are a lot of times when my kids were teenagers, yeah, that I did call them on their cell phones. And there were a lot of times when I said, thank God there's a cell phone so I can call them if I get upset or get worried about them. And then there were a lot of times where it was like, I wish I didn't even have a cell phone. I wish I didn't have this. I wish I could just go back to where it was when I was in high school and, you know, not be able to check up on them. Well, since you brought up true confessions and we are all here, you know, chatting, are you willing to share what the dumbest thing you ever did prior to cell phones or growing up? Huh. Growing up or as a teenager? Dumbest thing I ever did. Yeah. How about as a teenager? I mean, you don't have to share. You can decline and take a sip of that wine in front of you. (laughs) That's what they do on the TV shows I watch. Uh I think I could come up with some pretty stupid things I did. I don't think I would share anything illegal that I did. (laughs) I wasn't even going there, Suzanne. I did not even consider that a possibility. Well, I mean, there was never anything really illegal. I mean, I don't think. And I know I know my really good friend. Um, I'll just put her name out. Don't say her name. Okay. Well, she might not want it if she's listening. That's true. Although I know if she is listening, she's laughing at me right now. She's saying, oh my God, Suzanne, <laughs> tell, the, tell the truth. <laughs> she, and she would say, this is how she'll know I'm talking about her because she'll say... I spent all those teenage years with you. I know what you did. And yes, some of them may have been illegal. (laughs) And she's laughing right now. If she's listening, she's laughing. And she would call in if she could. She would call in and she'd call me out on it. She'd say, oh, Suzanne, (laughs) I know you. You should call her right now. (laughs) I would, but yeah, I wouldn't do that. Because I don't even know if she knows I have a podcast. (laughs) Where is the support? She (laughs) Well, okay, so so I'm going to talk about this friend of mine without naming names, and she's going to know who she is, but she is my oldest and dearest friend. Her parents and my parents were best friends before we were born, and she was adopted a month before I was born. We are exactly the same age, and we have known each other literally our entire life, and when we and we all lived in Alaska when we were young, and then we moved away from Alaska. They moved to Minnesota, I believe. We lost some touch, but every time we came together, and there could be years before we'd see each other, it was just like it was the last time we saw each other. You know, just that true, deep, heartfelt friendship. And when we moved back to Alaska, she was already in Alaska. And she instantly became my best friend. I spent my summers with her. We got into a lot of trouble together. (laughs) And to this day, we are still very, she was the maid of honor. Was she? No, I was the maid of honor at her wedding. She was in my wedding, but my sister was my maid of honor. Okay, Suzanne, stop stalling and just like put out the goods. (laughs) About what I did? 
No. About what you did. No. What she did or what you did together. I was just having a good memory about her because we are still very good friends and we occasionally text each other. We make it a goal to see each other at least once a year, no matter where we're at. Although we have not- Except last year. Right. Except last year because of COVID. So it's been two years since I've seen her, but you know, I know the next time I see her, we'll, we'll have a great time. And it, hopefully it'll be this summer, actually, since I'll be in Alaska for a little bit of time in it, this summer. So what about you? And what's the dumbest thing you've ever done? You never shared a story. <laughs> well, I'm still thinking what I can share because I'll come up with something. Let me just think about it. You can share something dumb you did. <laughs> I didn't really do too many things that were stupid. So I toilet papered a couple houses and I snuck out a couple times and I underage. But really, that's pretty good that I followed the rules. I'm a rule follower to this day. Good for you. I know that about you. I was going to say, I don't see you ever doing anything stupid, really. I doubt if you ever did anything. Well, yeah, I'm really struggling to think of one specific story that I could share that might change everybody's opinion about me and they think I was cool. <laughs> but I wasn't. Yeah, no, I wasn't either. I was I was never a cool kid ever, but that's okay. Okay, well, maybe if I come up with something stupid that I did, I'll let you know, but I haven't thought of it yet. Oh, I did throw a party at my parents' house once. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's pretty good. Well, It was kind of funny because they were out of town and my brother was staying down the street at his friend's house and he was walking around the neighborhood and saw these cars and he uh, decided to check out what was going on and came to the front door and I'm five or six years older than my brother. So this little sixth grader, seventh grader comes to the door and he's like, get out of my house. And nobody would listen to him. And (laughs) I was so sure he was going to tell my parents on me, but he didn't. He was a good little brother. Oh, One of the stupid things I did, which it's just because I wasn't smart enough to know better, because I had a friend in high school and we skipped school a lot. We had an English class, sixth hour, this is when we were seniors, that we both hated. And it was an easy A class for us. And we'd skip class and... (laughs) And my friend would always call in for me and excuse me from class so I wouldn't get detention. (laughs) And it was so stupid. And I don't know how many times it happened, but we would skip. She'd call in. I'd get called down the office and they'd say, okay, we know that you were lying. Do you want us to call your parents or do you want to do detention? (laughs) And I'd always do detention. And then finally, I don't know, after the fifth time, I think they finally called my parents to say, you know, your daughter's doing this. She never goes to class. She skips. And then her friend calls in for her and it's a fake excuse. And, um, <laughs> and oh man, I got in so much trouble. I got in so much trouble for that one. <laughs> I can see it. Yeah. And then this is really funny. So this year is uh, my 40th high school reunion year, which I'm not going to because I won't be in Alaska when they celebrate. But there are a lot of um, Facebook posts in our group for our 40th reunion. And someone in our group posted the invitation to Senior Skip Day. (laughs) And I thought this was so funny because I remember Senior Skip Day so well because 
at that point, it was the drunkest I had ever been. And in Alaska, our senior skip day was held at Eklutna Flats, which is probably an hour drive from Anchorage, where we lived, or from the high school. And I remember driving home on the Glen Highway, so drunk, and thinking, I am such a fool for doing this. And one of the girls in the car with me was so drunk, she was throwing up out the window while I was driving. And so I saw this invitation to Senior Skip Day. And it says at the bottom, there was a $3 charge to get into the party at Eklutna Flats. Sounds like you got your money worth. Well, on the Senior Skip Day invitation, and this is no lie, it said $3 per person to get in. There will be 10 kegs at the party. That was on the... Can you even imagine <laughs> getting that? Has anyone seen that invitation today? I mean, it's like, let's just put it out there for the world to see. There are 10 kegs at the Senior Skip Day. I mean, the craziest, stupidest thing we collectively could have done was have 10 kegs at a party at a Klutna Flats and then everyone drive home. It's a miracle no one was killed that day. Oh, it sure is. And your friend didn't help you out at all puking out the window. That, that won't draw any attention. That one has to go down in history as the dumbest thing I have ever done. And looking back on it, I am totally horrified by it. But that being said, that's what everyone did in those days. That was before they created legal senior skip days where they actually created days for the kids to go and enjoy a day off from school. And my sister-in-law and a really good friend of hers who was a teacher, they were teaching together at a high school. They're the two that started that tradition. And that had to have been like 20 years ago that they started that tradition and turned Senior Skip Day into Senior Fun Day. And it worked. And you would never, I don't think, have any advertisement of 10 kegs being at Senior Fun Day now and having a $3 charge to get in so you can drink the, you know, to cover the cost of the beer. I mean, unbelievable. We've made a lot of progress as a community and a country, as a nation in that area. We, we've grown and we've learned and you probably learned your lesson really young and it's a tough lesson. I, I hate that. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, and in all honesty, did I learn a lesson from that? No. At the time, no, I did not because we got away with it because nobody got hurt because nobody, we all felt like crap the next day. I don't know. It must have been on a Friday, but we all felt like crap the next day. We were really lucky. And it's amazing that we all survived that and what fools we were. Oh, I know. I know. I can't wait to finish writing this letter so I can actually share it. If I can read it, I might cry during some of it. It gets a little emotional. It gets a little deep. Well, we'll have to wait and see if you cry or not. Well, if I do, I have a heart. If I don't, I'm not got a heart. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a direct shot at me because you know, I probably won't cry. If I read a letter to my younger self that I've written, yeah, I'm probably not going to cry about it. Well, I didn't mean it as a direct shot to you, but you better cry during mine and say, wow, that was heartfelt, Michelle. I know you really dig deep there for that. 
Yeah. I wonder if I'm going to regret telling that story about my senior skip day. It was 40 years ago, so I don't think I have to worry about having regrets about telling that story. It's a true story. So it is a true story. And we all have regrets and we all learn from them, but we also have a very good editor. Right, right. And I don't think I want to edit it out because it is a true story. And that is really a good example of how the times have changed for the good and how hopefully today they don't have the same kind of activities to the degree it was 40 years ago when I was in high school. Right. I know with my kids, it was all senior fun day. So it was sanctioned by the school and they would have Zumba classes and then the blow up bodies, like the sumo wrestlers that you would get into and, you know, do the little matches there and things like that. Just fun things that they could. And they would get um, T-shirts commemorating the day. So when you think back to your senior skip day, did you guys have like wet T-shirt contests or anything? I think I was too drunk to remember anything about it. Were you too drunk to remember winning it? (laughs) You know, that didn't happen. (laughs) I'm cracking myself up here. It's the champagne. It's getting to my head. That's too funny. Well, I know we're probably getting close to an hour here. We've had, oh, we are. Wow. Yeah, we've had technical difficulties. I know. And we thought we couldn't fill an hour with just talking about nothing. But I didn't really think that because I know our friendship is valid. I, I know that we can talk for hours about anything. But I do want to circle back just really quick because I got to tell uh, my thoughts on being a mom, my mother, my grandparents, Is there anything you would like to say about any of that? Because we kind of got off topic. I know, which is what I'm so good at doing. I get off topic very easily. But there was no topic. Right. Oh, that's right. Which is why we can talk about nothing because I get off on tangents so easily. And my mom said to me when I talked to her yesterday on Mother's Day, she said to me, I am just so thankful that I was able to be your mother. Now, you know, my mom just had a birthday. She's in her upper 80s. I don't need to give her exact age. I thought about that a lot. And I thought, you know, oh, the perspective we have and how our perspective evolves, the older we get and the wiser we get. And my mom was a very wise, nonsensical mother. You know, she didn't mess around. She had strict rules and we were all the better for it. So that's what I have to say about my mom. I I was a much more probably laid back, lackadaisical. Come on, no, I was. Come pre- on. <laughs> I was pretty laid back compared to You're my mother. You're talking in comparison, okay? Yes, I'm talking in comparison that. because my mom was pretty hardcore. Okay, and I was I was at the older end of a very large family. You know, I think maybe by the time she got to my younger siblings, she probably wasn't as strict as she was with my brother and I who were the, the older end. But but I was a little more lackadaisical. And she always used to tell me she had regrets about how her parenting and how she'd like to go back and change things. And I thought to myself, oh, I never want to feel that way. But I, of course, do. You know, there are a lot of things I regret I would do differently had I known, but I think we all do the best job we can. And like I always say to my kids, you're going to have the children when, how do I say that to them? You're going to have the baby you're meant to have when you're meant to have it. And I 
believe that. I think God gives us the children we're meant to have, and we raise them because God knows how we're going to raise them. And so he gives them the personalities that fit with our personalities. So what works for us may not work for someone else. And when I think of one of my children, all I can say is God never gave me more than I could handle, even though you tested that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I might have to delete that out. But I I would like to say, seeing the relationship you would have with your kids, whatever you did worked. It's a wonderful relationship to to think about and to reflect on. It is. And I know you you are the same with your kids. You have a wonderful relationship. And we're at a point in our lives where we can reflect on it. And yeah, good and bad, we can reflect on it. But I think mostly good. I agree. I think mostly good. And I think this is a really good place to probably sign off because it's on a high note. We're awesome parents. Our kids are wonderful. Our parents are wonderful. And of course, our podcast is wonderful, even when it's random, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, with all that shared, unless you have something else to share, Suzanne, I think I'm going to say cheers. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast, Orange Juice Optional. What many of you wouldn't know is that this podcast has been a shared vision of ours for many years. And knowing what we know now, I can't believe we've waited so long to make our vision a reality. Right? I really think the hesitation on our part came from all the unknowns of podcasting. The biggest unknown being the toughest one. Where do we begin? That's when we found Podigy and Riley. And you know, if we had Godson music, I'd cue it right now. Riley is a know-everything-about-podcasting kind of guy, and the best part for us was that he was so nice and down-to-earth about everything. And by everything, I mean he answered so many questions, he gave so much reassurance, and he offered advice on things we hadn't even considered. Initially, Podigy helped us choose our recording equipment, find our music, create our artwork, and set up our templates for recording. And seriously, how many Zoom calls did setting up the templates take? Probably too many to count because we are a technology challenge. But the best part of each one of those calls was the reassuring voice on the other end. I love that about Podigy. Now that our podcast setup is complete and things are running a bit smoother, knock on wood, Podigy is going to edit each upcoming episode, do our show notes, and get our show out there for the listeners. Their help takes so much off our plate that all we really need to worry about is our friendship, next week's topic, and if it's an orange juice needed kind of day. So if you're interested in podcasting, please don't let the unknown stop you. Please check out Riley at podigy.co. That's P-O-D-I-G-Y dot C-O. They have packages available based on each show's individual needs. Thanks again, Podigy. Our next toast is for you. Cheers. Cheers.